We come to this place for magic. We come to pop pull review, to laugh, to cry, to drink. Because we need that, all of us. That indescribable feeling we get when we hit the play button and go somewhere we've never been before. Sound that I can feel. Somehow, heartbreak feels good in a place like this. Not just entertained, but somehow reborn. Together. Pop Poor Review. We make movie podcasts better. The moment I meet an attractive woman, I have to start pretending I have no desire to make love to her. What makes you think you have to conceal it? She might find the idea objectionable. Then again, she might not. Think how lucky I am to have been seated here. Well, luck had nothing to do with it. I tipped the steward five dollars to seat you here if you should come in. Is that a proposition? I never discuss love on an empty stomach. You've already eaten. But you haven't. Welcome back, everyone. Have you popped open a beer or poured yourself a glass of wine yet? Because you're listening to Pop Pour Review with Jimmy Chico. Hello. Kelly Gong. Hi. And myself, Matt Chico. We are the podca- movie podcast where we journey through the IMDb Top 250 list. If you don't have your drink yet, you can try today's inspired drink based off number 100, North by Northwest. North by Northwest. Just a disclaimer, this is the number it is at at the time of our recording. Uh, so it might be different when you listen to us. The drink is called the Mount Rushmore. It's gin, vermouth, onion brine, and garnished with some pickled onions. It's a, it's based off the Gibson that they have in the movie. Ew. <laughs> That sounds it's like a dirty martini just with onions instead of olives. So well, I, 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 I like, like that those. more. <laughs> so that sounds nicer for me. But um, like I said, North by Northwest, 1959. Director Alfred Hitchcock. Writer Ernest Lehman. Starring Cary Grant, Eva Marie Saint, and James Mason. IMDb rating 8.3. Compared to Rotten Tomato score. Critics 97%. Audience is 94%. Letterboxd 4.2. Out of five, domestic box office is 13.3 million, 138.7 adjusted for inflation. Worldwide, 13.4 million, 139.8 adjusted for inflation. It was nominated for Best Original Screenplay, Best of Production Design, Best Editing. I would have thought more, maybe, but I guess I'm in the minority for that. Uh, so let's get into some things. Shotgun some facts. Who would like to share their shotgun fact first? I'll go. Okay, Kelly. Apparently, less than eight fil- feet of film was cut from the final release. Eight feet is about five seconds or 120 frames. I did read that. That was like, probably could use a few more snippy snips. But probably. Probably. As okay. a movie that stands at two hours and 16 minutes yeah. to only cut about five seconds of it. <laughs> well, there was another one I read that I almost used that it was like, it, the I think the head of MGM was like, you need to cut this to like, you know, make it just like two hours. And he was he looked at his contract. He was like, I have final say, so no thank you. But then like I'm trying to think back and be like, is there anything from the film you can essentially cut out? I think it's more just shorten things here and there, not like cut out things completely. I think things just can probably be like trimmed. I'm trying to figure out what what would I trim though. That's the thing. I know they wanted to to take out the scene where um. Eva Marie Saint and Cary Grant meet in the forest after she fake shoots him. They, that, wanted, like, they wanted that scene. I feel cut like that's like important to the story, though. Well, that's what Hitchcock said, but but the the executives were like, "No, we need to cut that out. That's way too long, and it's costing us way too much because they had to build that forest because it was well, it was less expensive to build the forest and bring in trees than to actually go on on location." I think they did the same thing for um, the 
like the plane part was like out uh, in like in the location, but they said like his part when he's running through the bushes, like that was all like they planted like uh, whatever those things are, like hundreds of them in the studio. And they're like, it was cheaper apparently instead of going to South Dakota or whatever. I don't know if I'm thinking of this film fact from this movie or might have been when I was Wikipedia another movie, but mm-hmm. was it this movie that like it took so long to get off that they had to pay like a penalty or something? That was... um. So like I was reading uh, that was another yeah, they one. went over Cary Grant's um but, yeah his initial. The SAG uh union like time limit. But so. apparently though like it said like it all, like they had they owed him 5000 per day before even shooting began. And I was like what? Based like, on what? That's what, like I had a couple it was like Cary Grant received like 450000 for this movie which was like a lot back then. He also received profits and he also received 315000 of penalty fees for staying 9 weeks past his what his contract called for but they said that all those contracts and stuff like that was it happened it timed out before i even started shooting so he must have signed on and was waiting yeah because i was just like okay i wasn't sure if it was this film because i've been looking up a lot of film facts so i'm like i wasn't 100 percent positive but i was just like Cary grant made fucking bank off this movie he really did he's fucking like rdj with the marvel franchise with how much money they made 450 what at what I wonder if I wonder if they if that's translated to now or how if that much was, that is like with inflation. Well, you took out the inflation calculator. Thirteen million is a hundred and something million, so like this must be close to a few million. Like just like taking into account, also like he made box office profit as well. Yeah, and this was not a box office bomb, which normally most of the movies that we do review on the IMDb top two fifty, they didn't do that well at the box you mean office like the older ones it's about five million dollars five million not even just the older one older ones i feel like at least it's at least like 50 50 maybe leaning more more than 50 where a lot of the movies we have reviewed haven't been like box office like darlings or anything i think there's a mix yeah there's a good mix in there which is also like always like it's always like fascinating where it's like a movie can completely bomb but it could win like best picture it's and all or just like transcends into something like else like years years later right jimmy what's your fun what's your uh, shotgun fact so during the scene at the diner at mount rushmore and young ex, uh, young extra boy in the background anticipates the surprise gunshot fired by eve the diners are supposed to be unaware this is going to happen but the young boy covers his ears way before she draws the gun the young boy must have known there would be a loud bang from the blank filled pistol from previous takes and therefore covered his ears during the final take that's your favorite that's your favorite things yes because I was every time i watch that movie i, I look for the little kid and i, I didn't him. see that but he's like right in between the two of them oh. like well, i mean we wouldn't have back, known that his back is to the table like you you kind of see his back and then he kind of turns to his you see his profile and he covers his ears yeah, I, well, I was, okay, I was expecting something no, much just, more, I don't know, fun. deeper for you. Because you're like, this is my <laughs> one of my favorite movie facts of all time. Um, mine is, while filming Vertigo, Sir Alfred Hitchcock described some of the plot to his, some of the plot to the project to frequent Hitchcock leading man, James Stewart, who naturally assumed that Hitchcock was going to cast him as Roger Thornhill and was eager to play it. Actually, Hitch, Hitchcock wanted Cary Grant to play the role. By the time Hitchcock realized the misunderstanding, Stewart was so anxious to play Thornhill that rejecting him would have caused a great deal of disappointment. So Hitchcock delayed production on the movie until Stewart was already safely committed to filming Anatomy of a Murder before officially offering him the role, knowing he had no choice but to turn it down, then allowing Hitchcock to cast Grant as the actor he wanted all along. That's like an intense amount of shade. (laughs) (laughs) No, it is. There was a lot. I was reading something. I can see James Stewart in this role. 
Yeah, I, I loved Cary Grant in it. But like I can, some of the lines. No, I don't see Jimmy Stewart. I see um, the guy who was in The Omen, and I always forget. Gregory the, Peck? Yes, Gregory he, Peck. See, that, that was studios wanted him, but he said, no, he's too stoic. Like, he's too... Stoneface. The two, I love the Gregor two of Pat. them are. I I get them confused all the time. But it, no, but I could see Jimmy Stewart playing it, the role. Like I could see why he would think he would get a role, and I could see why people would picture him in the role because it is supposed to be an everyman type of thing. But I do think Jimmy Stewart is missing a bit of the suaveness that would mm-hmm. be necessary for this role. Hence the reason that they call this like a James Bond movie. Well, I mean, they. I think this started like. James like uh, he was Ian Fleming is that his name yeah he said like it literally this is the reason why James Bond is around like it's like because of this movie Jimmy Stewart would not be able to have pulled, pulled off, that off some yeah. of the lines that he said because some of the lines I started laughing out loud because of how outrageous they were yeah. like the so for example the line on the train when he's like all I can think about is making love to you yeah. right now and I was like I started laughing because I was like, "What the? You would have had his like. Just doesn't, Jimmy Stewart has that like sort of that like accent. Oh, you, we would have uh, made, made made love tonight. Uh, you know, I feel it, like it would, wouldn't have, have felt serious. No. It would have been more of like a, a comedy. Yeah, I mean, this had funny moments, but yeah, it would have been much more. Well, this comedic. technically was supposed to be kind of a comedy, but the yeah. thing is, is that Cary Grant is so smooth that like, I'm not saying he pulled it off, but it's like. It wasn't like he was probably the best to pull it off of anyone who could. Yeah, but also I was re- before we move on. I was reading some other stuff that like you just forget that like how much power people had back in the day, like actors. Like I was reading like Cary Grant like walked into like the set where he's supposed to be like up in the bunk bed part, mm-hmm. and he was like, "This isn't actual. This isn't factual. I need you. To- I- I'm not filming." And it's Alfred Hitchcock was like, "Okay, we'll rebuild it." And I was like, "I feel like that would never happen today." Like this, the the like I'm not filming. Well, you know, what? and everyone works around this one person. Because Alfred Hitchcock wanted him, so if he did anything, so for he him. did anything for him. But it's also like that was the age of. It's kind of like the conversation that's happening now in Hollywood, where they're like, "This is like movie stars aren't movie stars anymore." Yeah. So like this is back when it was like the epitome of you are a movie star, aka the only reason people are seeing this movie. Is solely for you. Yeah. Not because of the story, not because of the set pieces. You don't think because of Alfred Hitchcock, though, too? I don't think that I don't had think as much Hitchcock power really as it did back then. It. I, I mean, he. He made good movies. His movies weren't must see, I feel, until Psycho, which was, I think, like two years later. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, Psycho was the movie where everyone was like, oh, I need to see this movie in theaters because they made it such a big deal with. Seeing it in the theater, once this movie starts, you cannot get you cannot go in, you cannot mm-hmm. get out. But like, it's also like he wasn't picking like super unknown people for his movies, like no. in North by Northwest. We're talking about he's still like the mo- reason the movies are still getting made are also because he has he was able to secure these big stars yeah. for it. So like back I feel just feel like back then, like during that time period, movie stars reign supreme. Like you could be in the stupidest fucking script in the world, but as yeah. long as you had that person like they'd be like, "We'll do whatever you want." Like they also said they moved where they all stayed for like filming the plane scenes. Yeah, because the bar closed at ten thirty. Yeah, and like, they're like, "We we have to move." I'm like, that, "That's just that's crazy." Like, to, to waste so much money. That, yeah, and probably that's why I think the film was so over but over budget. That's probably why. Well, we have to have a bar every night, so let's move hotels. But I feel like some people still have that power. For example, Christopher Nolan still has that type of True. power to do whatever the fuck he wants, True. even though his movies aren't don't make that much money yeah like we're talking about like like tenant like i know it came out during the pandemic so that affects it but still it's like tenant bomb blah 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 
box office bomb and all that shit. But then it's like, oh, yeah, but here's still the money to make a mini nuclear explosion for yeah. Oppenheimer, right? Yeah. I just find it, it's just so funny how, like, you think about, like, how they filmed things back in the day. It's just like. Or Michael Bay. Michael Bay, but it's like, you know, those why, are they the, get, why, why does Michael Bay have such high fucking budgets? They with, give them money, right? but it's just like you hear about the little things that like people would do and you're like, I feel like that wouldn't happen anymore. Just like the, how, like the catering to the actors. Catering and, and just like, there's no bar. Fucking suck it up and drink in your trailer. Like, mm -hmm. it's not like, oh, let's move the whole crew to a different hotel. That was just wild. It's to me. just funny how like the evolution of Hollywood, where yeah. it was like it was such a social club. Yeah, but I mean that's the thing. Yeah, would, I'm not going to say what movie's next, but the movie that we are reviewing next, the director and the leads did not get along at all. Oh, I and know that's that. because the actors were doing certain things, and the director was like, "No, no, no, I'm the director." So 20 years later, it it changed a little bit. But that's what we're saying. We're talking about the evolution of how it went from social club to like now it's just like it's a it's, job. It's a job. Yeah, that makes. Yeah. But now, Jimmy, we learned some information about the movie. Can you please tell us the summary for North by Northwest? Madison Avenue advertising man Roger Thornhill finds himself thrust into the world of spies when he is mistaken for a man by the name of George Kaplan. Foreign spy Philip Van Dam and his henchman Leonard try to eliminate him, but when Thornhill tries to make sense of the case, he is framed for murder. Now on the run from the police, he manages to board the 20th Century Limited bound for Chicago, where he meets a beautiful blonde, Eve Kendall, who helps him evade the authorities. His world is turned upside down yet again when he learns that Eve isn't the innocent bystander he thought she was. Not all is as it seems, however, leading to the dramatic rescue and escape at the top of Mount Rushmore. And on that note, we will be right back to talk about North by Northwest. Hey guys, this is B from Arbitrary Advice. Your one-stop shop for advice, arbitrary and otherwise. We talk about anything and everything, from serious issues to internet challenges and life hacks. Have a question or topic you want covered? I'm available through Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Or email me at arbitraryadvicepodcast at gmail.com. My mission is to help people through their challenges, no matter the size. New episodes every Sunday and available anywhere you listen to podcasts. And we're back. North by Northwest. Do you think it should be on the top 250 list? And do you think 100 is the appropriate number, Jimmy? Yes, because yes I... to both? Yes, because I think that this is not my favorite Hitchcock movie, but it's up there. So, but the other, I think, I know my favorite one is, is much higher on the list. So, Kelly? Um, it definitely deserves to be on the list. Um, I'm okay with it at 100. I think it should be a little further back. Definitely between, this is a large range, definitely between 100 and 200. I would mm -hmm. definitely be fine with it. But, um... I'm not sure exactly 100, so maybe 101 to 200. I, I kind of with Jimmy. I think 100 is probably perfect for it because I think there are better ones that I think are higher. To be honest, I don't understand why it has the title of the most Hitchcock film of all time. Is that what it was? Like they said it's the most Hitchcock type film or Hitchcock's like most something like that. And I'm just like, really? Because I think Psycho is so much better than this. I can see it's this. his grandest film. But, like, there was, like, which is a fact, is that people were naming it the most Hitchcock films of all Hitchcock films. Oh, really? I didn't see that. I, I, I read it, like, when I was looking at the production notes and to everything. To be honest. And I was like, interesting. If I were to think of a Hitchcock film, it probably would be this movie. 
I would think Psycho. I would think Psycho. If you, I mean, maybe because I this is I saw. The, I think this the movie Psycho after a, seeing all the thriller ones is like a different type of movie. But this one is like I don't know. I, 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 I can see how they call it the Hitchcockiest Hitchcock film. I can see this is his like biggest like like closest to a blockbuster for him. Like this was like a very was this his was this am I thinking of the right director that like this was like his. He agreed to do Psycho only if they gave him North by Northwest. I don't know. No? Okay, I'm trying to think. I remember there was a director, like, they they gave him a movie that was, like, that in his... That was um, Wes Craven. Thank you. That's who it is. He it's Wes Craven. To do, uh, music. He wanted to do music of the heart in order... To, and then they said, okay, we got to do Scream 3 first. And he said, okay. Okay, that's what I was... I knew it was, like, a horror Scream. movie and, like, a non-horror the worst movie. Worst Scream. So. Um, then he got to do his movie, and he got Meryl Streep an Oscar nomination, so... So let me ask you this. A lot of the... Uh, let me... Well, the one thing I saw on the fun fact things that it's rated on the list of top hundred most heart pounding American movies. Do you think this movie is like a stressful movie for you to watch? No, maybe at the time it could have been stressful for people, but I guess because movies have evolved so much that like because this movie so long ago, you kind of know they played it safe. I mean, give, given that it is a Hitchcock film, you're not hundred percent positive. But it's like, you know, they mostly played it safe, so there's nothing really to be, like, worried about. I mean, I I was thinking the same thing, like, the Rushmore finale scene, when I was, I was like, oh, um, this looks fake, because they're not actually on Mount Rushmore. But I'm like, but back in the late 50s, this was probably a big deal, but I mean, I've seen Tom Cruise literally hang off the side of an airplane, so... Yeah, we, we saw him I, jump I, off a fucking mountain. I think that at this point... Like just just the special effects and the stunts have gotten so much bigger and broader. But I will say the scene with the plane, I was I I, I maybe just because I was like I need you to move. He just was standing still. Maybe that was what's getting me like my heart kind of like pumping. I, think I was because like, I knew obviously he's gonna make it out. That I knew he made I, it out. See now I think maybe it was because I maybe it's because I had seen this movie a couple times before. But every time Eva Marie Saint is on the screen with him, like I know that she. She's working with the bad guy, but not really. So, like, I know, like, she's has ulterior motives with him. So, I can I see that as the big, like, the... Oh, no. I knew that as soon as I saw it. And I've never seen this movie before. As soon as she came on, she's like... And she's, like, super chill. She's like, you killed that guy at the UN. And I'm like, bitch, she's working with them. Oh, I was like, I was like, this is so obvious. Not until when, like, you saw the note. I was like, oh. Really? You know what it was? I just... I. Okay, so Jimmy has said before that this wasn't his favorite Alfred Hitchcock movie. What you said? You you've said before that you didn't care. You don't love this movie. No, I do appreciate it more now, but, but it's not. It's you used to say that. Yeah, no, Vertigo. I do not like. So I don't I, when I saw Vertigo, I did not like that movie. In my so. head, I went in with very low expectations, and so like I was, I think I was like kind of playing along like how they intended it to be because I was like, oh, I don't think I think this is gonna be like you a boring analyzing movie. Analyzing. Really. I wasn't analyzing. I just kind of was like there at first i was just kind of like just watching the movie but then i was like oh oh look at that oh okay and i was like and i got more into it more into it so i i think they played to me at least i was i just wasn't no i knew it right away because i didn't really even know what the movie was about like i was like what is i oh, I, I read about it and so i was i read it as the movie was starting i was like oh okay let's see what this that's the same thing about. as me i had no idea what it was about until like i just i still didn't know when the movie started i just like googled it and then i saw like the tagline and everything i was like oh okay like i get it but I knew as soon as like she started talking because she's like basically like saying like, oh, you killed someone from the U.N. Let's fuck. Like, you know, yeah. that's kind of I was just like, you know, that's just like that's just 
James Bond. Yeah. Like ABCs right there. Yeah. Like she is not a good person. Yeah. And maybe because well, I on the right side at the time. And maybe because I was actually curious how it was going to end. So like I was invested. I, I think that might be why I don't, maybe not heart pounding, but definitely intrigued. Like, you know, every turn it took, I was like, Oh, okay. Interesting. Cool. It was funnier than I had expected it to. I did enjoy the humor bits right there, especially it was with his diff- mother. I, with his mother. I thought it was so funny with his mother. And I was like, they don't look that old. They don't look that much older. And I like read about it and they were like, yeah, they're like three years older than each other. I'm like, okay, that makes sense for the woman to play like a mother of He's someone. He's like 55. Yeah. And then I look at her and I'm like, you're definitely not in your 80s. Well, even Marie Saint was a lot older than 26 than she was in the film. She, yeah, I think she was I like was, 34, 26. I was surprised that they actually hired uh, someone that old. Well, they said that, that Hitchcock specifically wanted her and they didn't want well, her. We all know Hitchcock likes blondes. So that's. That's that's you know, they and got she played up that she played like to wear like the certain things he likes. I think that actually Grace like, Kelly, Janet Lee, um, Tippi Hedren. Like yeah. he's a he likes his blondes and he doesn't treat them very well, but he likes them. He likes them. Well, I'm trying a, to think who was, was the female lead in Vertigo. I, I don't, don't know, know. but it was like um, they said that he worked with her to make her voice lower and more seductive. Really, because. That's what he was looking for. And it was probably like the only requisite he had for her to have the role. Yeah. Because they said because her normal voice is a lot higher. And so he's like he really wanted her to have like a low seductive like Lauren Bacall type of voice. Well, you voice. can kind of hear that she was putting on a voice. Like I kind of felt like she oh, was yeah. struggling to say certain things. And at first when I was watching, I was like, wow. Like, the, like I was, I thought she, I, at first I was like, oh, this is more risque for like a woman character you know oh, back 100%. then but then it kind of i feel like my one criticism with the movie is that like it's sort of like shoehorned her into something that like i feel like it started out not being like they made her the ended up making her the like the more typical love interest but i feel like she started more different than the average one to be honest she's my favorite part of this movie i felt her i loved her charisma i did love her character but i agree with you that once it was she was like Oh well, I'm actually like in in love with Robert. Then I was like, oh, she's kind of losing her edge a tiny bit. It was kind of like Mr. Smith goes Washington. Like until they got together, like she was a great character, mm-hmm. but like they almost had to service the man character under like over her. So yeah. Then she lost a lot of the stuff that made her great. It was like, of course, she had to fall actually yeah. fall in love yeah. with him, right? Like they could have just been you know friends with benefits like that. I but like back then you could never do that. But well, they, back they, then I'm that unseen. I was that was a big thing. Do people pick up on that pretty quickly? I think so. No, I'm just. I mean, I'm just curious because you know that was very. Well, I do that as well. Subtle episode, that that edit they have of 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 him pulling her up Mount Rushmore and then into the 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 train bed. That was, that, was a good, that was a good edit. No, I like that was a good and like I thought it ended very well. It ended. I think Hitchcock fought for that ending and the the train part or the one the, pulling them up the train train going into the tunnel because I can see people not understanding that. And not knowing that just means like they're having sex. I'm not sure because I felt like they were very blatant with it because mm-hmm. I was very shocked at, again, their conversation when they first met on the train. Mm-hmm. They, they did were, actually, the I think uh, they did make her change what she said. Oh, yeah, I did. I did I read did that. I did read that they made her change what she said. What do you mean? She like said something she about goes, I like, can't talk about love on an empty stomach. But the real script was like, I can't make love on an empty stomach or uh. something. And they made them change that because they were like, no, no, no. But that whole conversation, I was very shocked. I mean, I told yeah. you guys that I laughed out loud when he was like, all I can think about is he's like, it's very hard for me to sit across yeah. from you and not make love. I started like laughing. But then I was like, whoa, 
did he really just say that? And like their whole entire conversation was just sexual innuendo. Yeah. And I was like, this is pretty groundbreaking for that time. No, oh, yeah. To have a conversation like that. And I was like, that's when I was like kind of getting into it. And that's why I liked her character because I was just like, she's more of a modern woman. But then when she did like actually like fall in love with him, I was like, yeah. Hey, bro, like now you're kind of you, you lost your edge a little bit, but you're, yeah. she's still my favorite part in the entire movie. Now, and also speaking of like how it was kind of ahead of its time, I, I don't know if Alfred Hitchcock was also in on this, but Martin Landau said that he played the character as Leonard Gay. Like he was supposed to be in love with with um like the villain. Okay, well I didn't see that at all. I kind so. of did after I read it because he was like it, you make it. He makes it seem like he wants to get rid of um, what's the girl's name? Eve, Eve. Kendall. Yeah, she. It, it seems like he wants to get rid of her and like he does give off that like weird like like vibe like just towards him. I thought I, it was just supposed to be weird. No, I can I can see that because he was like one of those. He's. Basically, one of those villains that were just like, why the fuck are we bringing her along with us? Yeah. Like, it's just us two. Yeah. So it's like, even when he was uh, suspecting her, the way he played it and was just kind of like, why is she coming? Like, yeah. get rid it's of her. It's supposed to be used to us. Yeah. It's yeah. supposed to be an us thing, not a we thing, you yeah. know? So that's why I was like, I can see where that was coming from. But again, like his character wasn't like big enough for me to no, yeah. really care about that. But I'm curious if Alfred Hitchcock, I wonder if that was just Martin Landau's like mind of like acting it or like uh, Alfred Hitchcock was like, let's just play with it. Like, who knows? He's a yeah. perv, so. Well, yeah. And also like, <laughs> but also he's very like nuanced with a lot of things in his movies. Now, a lot of the, a lot of people reviewed it saying this is what an action thriller should be. And like, do you agree that like, this is pretty much the start of like the spy kind of like thriller kind of situation yeah because this kind of led into james bond which also became like a very big that became big in the genre yeah i mean i can see like aspects here and there like because a lot of spy films still follow this formula yeah where it's like here's the girl we love her but She's bad. Yeah. And there's and, like the henchman and the bad guy and yeah, all that stuff. There's yeah. always one right hand person that's yeah. like obsessed with the boss, you know, like shit like that. So it's just kind of like every movie follows this formula in this type of genre. That's just the way it goes. And it's like, yeah, I could see like how it influenced it. Now, do you think Alfred Hitchcock, like if you didn't, if he wasn't the one making this movie, this would have not been the same movie it's like he added a lot to the more spectacle type movies i agree i think hitchcock was able to get away with more was able to put more in than a normal person that's why it's so different i also i also think think it's his directing too he's not afraid to take risks yeah he's not afraid to push the envelope so as a director not afraid to do that the movie's able to open itself up further than being limited to like like we just said we keep repeating we're like when eve goes in back into the oh like the trope of yeah being in love with him she loses her edge but it's just kind of like he pushed the envelope to get her out of that but it's like they were still restricted there's still restrictions within that time period of yeah. making that it was like well you can't just break it completely but it's like you can see that the movie would not have been as good if she he didn't have her play that role the way she did yeah because if she was still just like like a gung-ho, like Jolly be like, hello, Mr. Thornhill. Yes, yeah. of course. I will help you, of course. It's just kind of like, you know. Yeah. 
Because everyone kind of also said like that apparently like when he took this movie, they were like, oh, like he's dumbing himself down. Like he's more making more commercial aspect. And I think he took the commercial thing and make it grand to get the budget and also have so much like little things that just make that elevate the movie. Like what we said with Top uh, Top Gun Maverick sort of like Mm -hmm. it's just like you have this basic thing, but like he elevated it and like made and punched it up so much that I don't think a lot of directors could back then. No, yeah, and that's probably the beauty of, like, what we see in certain movies now, where it's, like, you took the most simple of concept, but you punched it up so much that it's, like, it's, like, how could you do something better than this? Exactly, and I think people were, like, shocked. They're, like, they're going, he went from Vertigo to this. That's, like, so different, so slow moving, and this had its slow moments, but it was more, much more fast-paced and stuff like that. The pacing is so much, is is so good in this movie. I've never seen Vertigo, so I'm not going to say so much. That's why I corrected myself, but the pacing in this movie is good. Yeah. That's like when we talked about the time and I was just like, I'm not even sure what you could shorten. Yeah. Besides like taking out random scenes of like the aerial shots or when they're like walking or something like that. I think probably just be taking out scenes when it got to the point where Eve was more traditional. You could have maybe just like shortened their little love there because you already knew it was there. So you didn't have to progressively go there. But Something else that a lot of reviews pointed out was the special effects and like how they still, I, I still think they hold it pretty well, even compared to like today's standards, doing all like the screens and stuff like that. Cause I feel like sometimes I think he was very visual heavy and it still didn't seem outdated, but there are other people who did say it felt dated. So what did you think? Super dated, not that dated. Um, I'm going to say not that dated, to be honest. I always find it interesting, the special effects and how they do certain things. Mm-hmm. In these movies, I was there was one scene. Sorry, when they're walking through the train station, like when he's all dressed up and stuff, mm-hmm. like you know they're trying to get past the police. Yeah. I didn't understand a hundred percent why they used a film screen behind them while they were walking. Also, and, how did were they like on a treadmill? Is that what they did back then? Did they have like a treadmill? Yeah, thing? I think they just like you just kind of like walked in place or like had like a little moving walkway that would just okay because their walking was very very natural. Yeah, it wasn't like when we watched. I know it's completely different, but two thousand one Space Odyssey where it's like you knew they were kind of walking in place because their legs were going straight up. Yeah, but this one they were walking very natural, and I was like. Did they have like moving walkways then? Like, was that a thing? Like, uh, honestly, I don't know. This is just that, or they literally moved them themselves. That, or they were just on something. They were like, just like pulling it. Oh, but that's what I was trying to get at. I was like, I don't know how they achieved this back. Yeah, because it was know. very natural walking. But I knew for a fact they weren't in that fucking like train station. I could tell. Well, they might have been at one point or another. Like, I know that they were, but when they were walking, having the dialogue between Eve and Robert, Mm. they were not in the train station. And you can tell, but I was just like, but they're walking so naturally that I'm like, they must be on a walkway or something. But normally they don't do achieve this very well. But also I think because the way he used it, he used it very strategically and stuff like that. Like the whole scene with the plane, like they were kept cutting back between like actually filming a location and him by the green screen. But like they are the, the projected screen, but you really very few times was it was pretty seamless. No, yeah, yeah. And I think also his the storytelling made you kind of forget like you more focused on the characters than looking around. Yeah, yeah. Now let me ask you this: Everyone said now, how many times have you seen this, Jimmy? Two or three. 
Have you appreciated it more or less the more you see it? I said earlier in the podcast that I appreciated it more this time. Because I read a lot of reviews that said that like when they were kids, they loved the movie, but seeing it later in life, it didn't hold up as well. So yeah, I, was, well, I wasn't a child when I first saw it. I was probably like five years ago when I first saw it. No, so. I'm ju- but that's what I'm saying. I'm just saying the more that they said that after they saw it, they saw it, they saw it, waited, and it wasn't as didn't hold up as well. I was curious when you saw it. You said it did hold up. No, I appreciate it better. So I'm curious. I'm curious if like seeing it in theater and then maybe maybe I did see it in a theater too. Oh, did you? Yes. Does it feel different in a theater? I don't remember. Okay, so obviously I've seen not. most Hitchcock films in a theater, except for the Birds. I think just the Birds really, and like his earlier works, but. Like his big movies towards the end of his career, I've seen most of them in the theater. Because I was very curious what was the disconnect of someone seeing it and then being like, oh, this isn't as good. Unless they saw it and was like, they thought of a spy movie. And really, when you go back to watch it, it's not as spy movie as you remembered it now seeing all the other spy movies. I, I think it's like what we talked about earlier, where it's just like, it's the times. It's like, yeah, we've seen more risks since then. So it's just kind of like, this is a pretty safe movie. You know, like, again, we keep repeating what that when she falls in love and falls into the trope, you know, the movie loses his magic. And it's just kind of like as time goes on and we don't fall into those tropes that often anymore. Or, you know, even when we do fall into those tropes, those movies don't really do that well when it's like they end up falling in love with them at the end. It's just I think it's just a change of the time where it's like, I don't like that, you know. No, yeah, and I want see like I wouldn't say this movie's safe. I would say it had safe elements because I still I feel like for this type of movie, I would I like I feel like it could have been a lot more safer than what it was. For, no, yeah, for that time period and even in general, this type of movie, like yes, it's not a super safe movie, but we it does have the safe elements that yeah. went into it. But the thing is, is that now we've we have the ability to go past those elements in movies that is just like, it doesn't seem as powerful as it was. No. Yeah. I think what, what played to this movie was that it had like the suspense that Hitchcock's always has. And he always the like the method that he says, I don't know if there's a name to it, but like he says, instead of surprising people with a bomb, he tells them there's a bomb 20 minutes later or 20 minutes before. And you had to like wait for the bomb to go off. I think this movie had elements of that where you kind of, you tell the audience things and you're waiting for the characters to catch up. And I think that was what, I liked a lot about this movie, and then, which helped it. I think it's also like when this movie, I don't know, when did this movie come out? 59. 59. Was that like during the whole like the American, like with John Wayne and everything? Like the, the Westerns? No, like the um, the Unrepublic American. The, the, the Red Scare during the. Is the, this during that time? Um, That's history and I don't know history. What do well, you mean the, the Red Scare? Like when they were like communist. The McCarthy. Oh, yeah, McCarthyism. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So like the reason why I'm asking that is because we're also portraying the American government as non-sympathetic towards its people in mm-hmm. saying that, oh shit, this is perfect to cover up cover up our fucking corrupt shit. Like, yeah, yeah, let this guy fucking die. That was an interesting scene that I was not expecting where they're just all at the table and they're like, well, should we find the guy? They're like, no, because our guy's not real, so we might as well make him real. Yes. Like I was like, whoa, like that's kind of... That was different for that time, and you're right, yeah. So that's why I'm just like, you know, I don't know if this was during that period. If this was during that period, that's a big fucking risk to take. Yeah. But it's like, again, like, that's where, that's why it broke stuff. I was like, this is more so, like, what we're seeing now. Yeah. And, but there are safe elements, and I think that's why, but I think that's also why, you know, watching it later on, it's kind of like, we've already pushed this envelope, mm-hmm. so we're good here. No, yeah, I think that, I think, yeah, or you. I think you can either see it that way, or you, you've seen it already, or see it as like, wow, Alfred Hitchcock was like 
really taking risks to the point where like he's doing things that like someone would do now. Yeah. And some people actually might not want you to do now. Yeah. Because yeah. if you're not watching it with that in mind of the time period that it came out of, again, we could be wrong with the whole red scare thing, but even so it's definitely around that area. Mm-hmm. But like, if you're not watching this movie with that in mind and you're just watching it, I can see how you think, oh, this is just a pretty generic fucking movie, mm-hmm. you know, with a little bit of little twists here and there, but not really anymore. Yeah. But like, if you think about it with that, mo- with our, the way we're watching it, like about that time, then it's like, you're just like, fuck, like this movie really was like very, very risky to make. Yeah. I, th- I, th- and maybe that's why I'm really appreciating it. Cause I just like, know. I'm combining the two. Yeah. And I'm just like, it's such a good movie because like, you just have to think about when it came out and like you said, and just, it's still just, there's nothing really bad you can critique about it. There's just like the few things here and there. This was after McCarthyism. It was like the early 50s is when that ended. So this was... We're still very close to it, though. So it's like, still a big risk to be like the U.S. government says, fuck you, go die to yeah. protect us. That, that yeah. That scene, I just, yeah. I, I do say, I will say that I think... The first, the beginning was stronger for me than the ending. Yes. Because I feel like it was building well, up something that you didn't know what it the was. Bending, the, the beginning you were, didn't know what was going on with Cary Grant. Mm-hmm. So I think that was something that was, that was the, that, but like once you kind of figured out what was going on, it kind of changed, it shifted the film a little bit. And I think that's, that's where you said like it's almost like where you said it's like yeah something's off now that's why I, I, th- I think that's where the pacing slowed down a bit and it could have been shortened a little bit because i think maybe yeah i guess the whole film did kind of change because you know for a fact what's happening yeah yeah I and think then the, yeah i also didn't like the part that he was like more upset that she like betrayed him than like like he kept going after them because of her and yeah. i was just like Come on. I was like, dude, like these people tried to kill you. Like, is this really that important? Like, that's what I'm saying. He was like, like, I'm done with this. I'm not gonna even go help her. And then all of a sudden, he's like, but I love her. Like, yeah. That's why I was like, you, you. It's like, of course they have. I mean, and that was back in the time. You had to like lift up your leading man, and like that was her. That was his story. He had to fix for himself. And I'm like, okay, I get it, but like, you don't need it. (laughs) No, yeah. Like, I. It's not even because of the amount of time they spent together. So, like, literally last night I watched the first Terminator again, and Mm -hmm. like they spent hours together, and they're like, we're in love, and like all the shit like that. So it's like I can get over that, but it was just like the also the situation with Sarah Connor would have died no matter like if Kyle Reese wasn't with her. But like in this situation, it's like he was just like, yeah, fuck her, and then he was like, I have to go back and risk my life just to ask her, just to ask her why, (laughs) not even to save her, just to be like why bitch yeah like why it was almost like in like a way like the disney movies where like it's like i have to get married i love him we're getting married tomorrow like (laughs) it was almost like that but i don't know jimmy before we move on do you have any reviews that you want to read oh i have no idea i didn't get those ready i wasn't i wasn't expecting this i'm sorry (laughs) no but yeah because you know how it's kind of like uh they're you know like if he knew she was in danger like he knew she wasn't in danger and like she tried to put him off for a while and it's like you literally went back to risk your life just to ask why yeah and it's like fucking men (laughs) like sorry i i and also what i was thinking about when you were saying that i I was just like thinking of scenes that that was happening i also like the style that hitchcock had where like some of it just you knew it looked drawn but it had that I wonder if it had that retro that retro feel when it actually came out. No, but the aesthetic me, was very nice. I loved it. Like I love the scene where he's running out of the UN. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I I love that shot. Like that shot's amazing because it looked fake but real. It was so cool. It looked. That's why I was just like, I don't. 
so like i didn't know and i was just like what am i looking at because it's beautiful but also not but i was like people are walking but things are stat like yeah. just standing. i was like what is happening he, that's and he truly is a visionary for that because i think he can make static things look beautiful which he literally did so i was just like how did he achieve this like, I know. i'm so confused i was like they didn't have drones then how did I this know. happen <laughs> <laughs> jimmy miniatures um and yell gave it a one-star review oh no and it was wow another blonde woman in a hitchcock movie shocking <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh they're really like all the same just like i didn't like it those are most of the oh i thought you read say it's all the same fuck the blonde girl on this but it's good it's like what we've been talking about where it's like you they probably don't like it because they find it to be like generic and nothing special they a lot of people like i read said like overrated or dated like that's the yeah. That was their biggest critiques out of them all. Which is like, I understand what you're saying, but it's like, if you, you have to think about it in the context of when it came out. Yeah. Yeah. But are you still looking at bad or did you look no, at No, now I'm going to good. And a lot of people like it. So nothing fun? No. This movie? It's just a very, I don't know. George said, thank y'all. Thank y'all. <laughs> so I don't know about to that. To who? Does he say who? No. Um, Everybody. <laughs> Log called it the horniest movie of the Cold War. Uh-huh. Not gonna lie, though, I can agree. Yeah, that was a, it. Was a pretty. <laughs> they were very, very horny. Very, very sexual two. movie um, for the fifties too. But like even that scene where they're in like the bathroom or whatever, and they're like making out. I was I was surprised at how long the scene went on for. Yeah. Because I was just like, you know, usually we just see them press their mouths together. Okay, let's be honest, guys. Like back then, they didn't kiss; they just yeah. pressed their mouths together. <laughs> So they were just pressing their mouths together. I thought it was going to end, but no, it was it was going on and you were seeing their foreplay and I was like, interesting. Yeah, and it's also, now that you say that, it's funny because I was thinking of the scene where like his suit's dirty and like he goes to take a shot where like, it's fake to try and like see where she's going. And I, if it remember, I remember of like it happened one night where like they had to have like a curtain in between them. Yeah. And now like she's undressing him. Yeah, two years later. Or not two years. <laughs> not two years <laughs> not two later. Years. <laughs> 20, like 20 something years later. I don't even think it was 20 years <laughs> later. 30s, 50s. Wasn't it? Was it 39 or? I thought it was like 30 something. I think it's closer to 30. Okay, so around 20, 30 years, they're undressing each other on screen. And now? Now 1934. Now you just have naked people. Yeah, it's such a a progression. Like doing orgies everywhere. (laughs) Like in the, like, there's people having orgies around people having a serious conversation. And it's like, that's where we've, that's how far we've come. That's what filmmakers fought for. orgies <laughs> if you can do it right you know i guess you can have it in the movie I, i'm not i it's it depends on if it works for the movie sometimes it's just there to be there you but. have spoiler midsummer old naked women it was part of a it was part of a, a tradition but it's like the redhead girl pregnant that's what we fought for we that's did. what filmmakers Our fought, for. fought for a giant penis monster and bo was afraid i mean if you <laughs> really think alert. about it though alfred hitchcock to like Ari Aster, that lily is like what the growth has become really Imagine if they met each other. I feel I, like Alfred I Hitchcock that like would it. be like, I'm weird. <laughs> I think I don't he'd know. like it because, you know, uh, Martin Scorsese calls Midsommar one of the greatest films of all time. So you never know. Like, if you think what? about it, his movies, not North by Northwest because this was more commercial, but like his other ones, they were probably considered what we consider that. That's what, like Psycho. Psycho and, Short of yeah. Toilet. Rear Window and all those and Vertical. Like all those were like, weird movies and suspenseful and you didn't well, know what was going to happen to be honest psycho was very risque as well that one had uh an unmarried woman sleeping in the same bed with another person mm-hmm. a toilet mm-hmm. 
That's what about the shower, uh, the shower scene? scene where she's you say murdering someone? Well, no, not murdering someone, but the shower scene where she's—you think you're seeing some yeah. nakedness, and you're not. You think you're seeing the knife piercing the skin, but you're not. Film history, and we're moving on to win, lose. <laughs> the game today. You're gonna guess the Alfred Hitchcock movie based on the opposite title. So like North okay. by Northwest would be South East by Southeast. By Southeast. I need to South pull up a Southeast. list. I'm sorry. I'm just like no, don't not look. that type. Well, then you're going to find. Yeah, but I'm not going to know it. Fine. Fine. Okay. Jimmy, can you buzz I'm in gonna more I'm going to prepare myself to drink. Kelly. Okay. The first one is. These are pretty easy, so you might be able to get them. Um, near, near door. Jimmy. Rear window. Correct. Sweetie. Psycho. Yes. <laughs> Doing great, Kelly. Okay. Steadiness. I know the movies. Vertigo. This yeah. isn't fair. <laughs> to release a policeman. I'm just not going to bother. <laughs> to release. To catch a thief. I'll give it to you. To catch a criminal. Okay. Okay. And hang up for life. You're dead forever. <laughs> hang up. There's a little part missing. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh, call me by my name. What was the name? What was it? Hang up for life. Call, call for, call death. No. <laughs> Dial up for murder. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so Jimmy, you got all them right. <laughs> I couldn't think of the name of the movie. I could have gotten the first three, but it's just like I didn't have enough. Why didn't you do a? Uh... Really, it was just Jimmy trying to see if he can get them all. <laughs> um, we don't have anything to drink, so you luck out. So. <laughs> Oh, side side part. Um, I went to side part. Uh, side bar. I went to south of south of the border yesterday. They have they at the bar. They had a huge bottle of kinky. Oh, like like oh, like a like a like a did, huge. Did you one. ask if you can just take that? No, home with you? no. But it was also the one that I don't think it was like the not the, the soapy colored ones. ones. It was like the white bottle ones. Oh, oh yeah. the one that tastes like soap. Yeah, I think so. I, it was perfume, one the, perfume, not soap. I don't know which one it was, but there was two ones that like kind of taste like perfume, but. I the white like, one tastes like perfume. I saw it and I was like, that's a big bottle of cake. I started laughing, but like, I, I was like, Matt, stop smiling because you look weird. Because in my head, I'm like laughing. Because they'll also be like, what are you looking at? You'd be like, a kinky bottle? Yeah. Okay. Kelly, I'm so sorry you lost. Uh, Jimmy, congratulations on getting five for five. Um, Thank you. That was pretty Thank much you. made for you, really. Uh, we're moving on. I MV- won the last game. Mm, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. You drank the last two or three times. Oh, the tagline? Yeah. Not the two or three times, Jimmy. I did no, not. At least that the last often. time. Yeah, last you, time. Yeah. Um, MVP, LVP, most valuable player, Jimmy. Eva Marie Saint. Kelly. Eva Marie Saint. I will go Cary Grant. Uh, your least valuable player, Jimmy, LVP. Mm, to be honest, I think the Mount Rushmore scene is my least favorite part. Kelly. So I like the beginning better. The trope. The trope. I will say the runtime because towards the end, it probably could have been a little tighter but um yeah we're moving on to our final or second final thing of the day or night whenever you're listening ah uh, you ready mm-hmm. i will give this an 8.5 kelly i'll give it uh eight and i'm gonna give it an eight that's an 8.2 oh so close to the 8.3 on imdb oh. we're gonna get it one day we're gonna get it uh jimmy do you want to Share your clues as we end this episode today. Yes. Okay. So the next movie deals with some water. Um, the director of this film is um, 
on the run from U.S. authorities. Currently. Currently. Okay. And there's some incestual relationships. In the movie? Maybe. Maybe not. Yeah, if you have no idea what movie you've, if you've never seen this movie, you have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah, I was I have like, no idea. well, so it's going to be a surprise for all It of will us. be a surprise. Uh, we will see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. You can hear us anywhere you listen to podcasts, and we want to hear what you think, so leave us a review. Give us some likes on social media at Pop Horror Review. Click around www.poporreview.com. Become a member of our Patreon page, patreon.com backslash review for exclusive content and drink recipes. And one last thing before you go, make sure to check out the Titan Media Collective and Titan Cast Network. Enjoy the rest of your movie Monday. That was a Titan Cast episode.